Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, happy President's Day. Happy President's Day to all of you. I, I can say it a million times. It's still never going to feel right. But we are here. Jake Volnick with you here on 92.3 The Fan for President's Day. If you're looking for... uh. All your normal show hosts, so afternoon drive right now. They'll be back. It's just for the day. They get it off the holiday. Not so much us as we learn to start off the show. I still had class today. And simply not there. Simply not there. Dr. Brosman, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But we're talking about Kevin Stefanski and maybe what you think his biggest weakness would be. Because we played the clip from the QB Unplugged podcast with Deshaun Watson and his personal quarterback coach, Quincy Avery. And they were sort of, you know, picking out the flaws to Kyle Shanahan's game. And I think they were a little overcritical. The basically only plus that they decided to give him was the fact that he knew how to run the ball. He knew how to set up a team to run the ball, which, by the way, helps a lot when you have uh, Christian McCaffrey on your team right now. But he was doing it well before he had anybody of that nature. I mean, you think of 49ers running backs that, have kind of looked good, like Jeff Wilson. He Mostert looks good once again, but not much before that. He was sort of a, a journeyman around the league. But I, I just think they're a little overcritical probably of Kyle Shanahan, a guy who's been to two Super Bowls in not such a very long time. So I think you may be just a little overcritical of a guy that way. But But it got my gears turning a little bit. And if we're picking out all these flaws from Kyle Shanahan, a guy who's walking into the Super Bowl multiple times in his career as a head coach, where do we see the major flaws of Kevin Stefanski? And I want to get your guys' take on this, 216-474-0092, or you can tweet at me, at Jake Vol. That's Jake V-U-L on Twitter. Because I'll tell you guys where I think my biggest flaw for Kevin Stefanski comes. I think the biggest thing when it comes to Kevin Stefanski is his inability to sort of utilize the stars around him. I'm not talking about Nick Chubb because much like Kyle Shanahan, which is a big reason why I think these two guys get compared a lot, their running backs are going to succeed. It probably doesn't matter too much who you put back there, but especially if you put a star back there, Like, Jerome Ford didn't look that great this year. Kareem Hunt didn't look that great this year. If Nick Chubb was in that backfield, he would have been Nick Chubb. He would have been averaging five yards per carry. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be him every single time, especially in a Kevin Stefanski offense. 
But I'm looking more at the other skill positions. And I thought about making this just a quarterback spot because we've seen Kevin Stefanski do it with, you know, guys off the side of the street coming off their couch like Joe Flacco. You saw it last year to a degree with Jacoby Brissett. But I, I just think and sort of, you know, look at the tenure with the Browns in the last four years for Kevin Stefanski. And I feel like the star players just don't quite climb all the way to the top. I mean, I'm thinking of guys like, you know, Odell, clearly Deshaun here recently, Amari Cooper. I think the only stars you're looking at that have really succeeded. I mean, I don't want to say Amari Cooper. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit. He's definitely succeeded while he's here. He just had the highest amount of receiving yards that he's had in a season in his career playing for the Browns, but that was with Joe Flacco. We'll get into a little more of that. But I, I think you see a guy like David Njoku play really well this year, who's sort of a budding star. And, of course, like I said, Nick Chubb. But do you want to go out to the phones and figure out what you guys think Kevin Stefanski's biggest phone flaws are? So we'll go with Adam in Akron. Adam, how are we doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Doing pretty well. Happy President's Day to you because we'll, we'll just throw this around like it's the best holiday ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Kids didn't have school, so I mean it's a different day for me. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, when when we're talking about Kevin Stefanski and and his flaws, I I think there's two things in my opinion. It's adapting and it's adjusting in game. Um, I think it's pretty common that we establish the run in the first half of a game and we abandon it in the second half. I think that that's just been kind of an argument um, for Browns fans for now years, you know, having not this year without Nick Chubb, but previous years too. Um, and also, you know, when we're, when we're winning, we, we seem to generally be winning, not sizably, but um, with a comfortable lead in halftime. And then when we come uh, to the second half, it seems like, we have the inability to score. The other team has the ability to score, and we're always kind of fighting tooth and nail at the end of the game to win the game. Um, and that tells me that he can't adjust and he can't adapt in game. He can. Everybody has said forever and preached that he can script the first how many ever plays, but once it gets past that, um, it's kind of just flying away. And and I think hopefully this season they understand um, and maybe if play calling isn't his, who knows, but the adjustments at halftime are, are just as important as scripting the plays at the beginning of the game. I actually like that a lot. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to stick with mine, but if I could add in a, a second one to mine, I, I think I would pick up your, your lack of adjustment. So Adam, you thanks for calling in. It. Yep. Hope you, uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, you too. I like that a lot. The, the lack of adjustments that Adam brings up, I mean, it, it does seem that times the second half is a little bit flat. And, and we talked about, you know, plenty of people on these airwaves have talked about, you know, going back because this is off of a QB unplugged sound. I mean, there was one not so long ago that talked about Deshaun Watson maybe not liking scripted plays all that much. Well, that uh, sparks some controversy because what does Kevin Stefanski do really well? He scripts plays really well. The offense looks great when they come out for the first drive. 
typically Browns are putting up points on their first offensive possession. And then things started to go away. So I definitely think that can uh that can be one of Stefanski's bigger flaws for sure. I don't know that I'm willing to put it in my biggest flaw category. But I, I think it, it's a valid point to bring up, and I think you can definitely add it to the list of things that, you know, maybe he doesn't do as well. And maybe as Adam sort of brought up, that's might be a reason why you're looking at a different play caller next year. I think a lot of that has to do with Deshaun Watson and not necessarily the scripted plays bit of it, but just utilizing him better. But it's uh that that might be playing into it too. Speaking of using Deshaun better, that that was mine. That's what I think Kevin Stefanski's biggest flaw is is using the stars around him. We're, we're excluding Nick, Nick Chubb. We're excluding... No, that's about it. That's the only one we're going to go with. We're going to go Nick Chubb and maybe David Njoku. I, I think he looked really good this year. I think they actually used him in, in pretty innovative ways and decided to get the ball into his hand in just about any way possible and did it in a way where he can run after the catch because that's where he's been probably most improved this season and where he looks like a completely different player and a player that's really difficult to stop when he gets ahead of steam and starts running at you. But I, w- I was just thinking of the other guys, the ones that I listed, like Odell Beckham Jr. Clearly that was the guy when he was here, you know, and, and we knew it going in. There was a little bit of a persona around him. He, he definitely was not the quietest guy in the room. But that just seemed to come out more and more. It, it never felt like Odell was ever comfortable in this offense. It never felt like there were a bunch of plays being scripted up to get Odell open and get the ball into his hands and show the playmaker that he really was. Instead, it felt like Odell was kind of, you know, double coverage bait. Throw him down the field, see if you can pull a corner and a safety with him. And hopefully that opens up, you know, Jarvis Landry or somebody else on the field. It it never felt like Odell was the premier wide receiver that he was supposed to be when the Browns acquired him. And then Deshaun Watson. I mean, we've been having that conversation this year. A, a star quarterback that's supposed to go out and look really good. You, you give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, last year he, he had the 11 games. He just got to play in six. He hadn't really been in a game in a while. He, he gets the benefit of the doubt for not playing so hot. He comes in this year, another slow start. And you're like, dang, man, like, I feel like it shouldn't take this long. But we're all trying to be patient, say, you know, pump the brakes. You know what he could have been. And then you get Joe Flacco off the couch and, and the dude slinging the ball for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns every single game. And he came right off the couch. And he's able to do that, but he's not able to utilize a guy who is supposed to be able to scramble, create plays with his legs, be the difference maker for this offense, a guy that you're paying a ridiculous contract to. But you can go get Joe Flacco off the couch and make him look like he's Super Bowl MVP Flacco when he's sitting at 39 years old. Amari Cooper is kind of the weird one for me. Because this year, he has one of his best seasons of all time. I think he sets his season or his career high for receiving yards in a season. But at the same time, before Joe Flacco comes in, I don't think anybody was sitting back and thinking to themselves like, wow, Amari Cooper having a standout year. And maybe that's just because offense wasn't really having a standout year. Like Deshaun was down, and then obviously 
know, P.J. Walker wasn't playing great. DTR had his ups and downs. And then he finally got Joe Flacco, and things started to open up just a little bit more. But at the same, it just doesn't seem like Amari Cooper is a, a focal point in the offense when Deshaun was on the field. It didn't feel like you're getting to him you know, an absurd amount, especially when you have guys like Nick Chubb out for the game and out for the season. He, he's not out there playing. So it's like, okay, you're going to have to go to the air more. Who are you targeting? You think you'd be targeting Amari Cooper, but it, at the same time, it didn't feel like game scripts were setting up for the way for Amari Cooper to have those 265 receiving yard games. And obviously that's a clear far and away outlier, but it, it just didn't seem like we were pushing those triple digits consistently or, you know, reaching up to like 10 plus catches. It, it just didn't seem like Kevin Stefanski was getting everybody completely involved. Adam gave his take on the biggest flaw. We want to hear yours too. 216-474-0092. You can reach out to me on X at Jake Vol, Jake V-U-L. And in fact, we have a, a couple of them. So we have the real Xavier P coming through. And these are our social media reactions powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Xavier P saying, things I'm overvaluing uh, a few players. OBJ was a, a Baker didn't throw him the ball problem. Uh, they just have to get adjusted to each other in terms of Watson and Stefanski and Cooper and Joku bald. So, and you think that we need more offensive talent. He says, we don't have superstars. Not sure how this is a convo. We need more offensive talent. I, I agree with you. Like, and Joku, again, that, that was one of the ones where I said outlier. Like, he was out of this world this year. I, I think he was playing absolutely crazy. And th- this isn't a rant on Stefanski segment. This isn't just to get on Stefanski and say, you know, he- he's a bad coach. It's, it's not what this is supposed to be at all. This is more of a Quincy Avery and Deshaun Watson were breaking down the flaws and making it look like Kyle Shanahan was a worse coach than I think he actually is. I think Kevin Stefanski is an amazing coach. But I'm just wondering. I, no guy is perfect in the NFL. You're not going to stare at a coach and say he doesn't make prob- he doesn't make mistakes. There's no problem with the way he calls a game. You're never going to do it. There's always going to be times where that there's that issue. So I was just trying to pick out the biggest ones. I, I mean, I agree with you. Amari Cooper had a great year, but I think a lot of that was, you know, Joe Flacco coming in and sort of forcing the ball over to him. I don't know that the offense set up well for Cooper, but I agreed that was sort of the weird one. Amari. I mean, he had an incredible year. It was a high for him in receiving yards. I will have to disagree when it comes to the the OBJ and the Deshaun Watson comment. I mean, in terms of OBJ, you're the head coach. You, you got to scheme up plays to get the man the ball. And I think maybe OBJ wasn't what he once was when he was playing with the Browns, and I'm not saying he was an absolute electric superstar when he was here either, but he was still a very good wide receiver. He was still a guy that could go out and make a huge difference in a game. He was still your wide receiver one. And that doesn't just go on Baker. That goes on getting guys involved. In terms of Deshaun Watson, I mean, you can't wait much longer to get get adjusted. You've been here for for two seasons, you know, I mean, granted, the the six games. but And now he gets injured. But, like, things have to start looking better. Like I said, Joe Flacco came off the couch at 39 years old and looked incredible. We'll take your calls on it, 216-474-0092.
Keep the tweets coming at Jake Vol. We're here until six o'clock, right here on ninety-two three. The fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What is up with the hate for Mitch Trubisky? What is... is we're just on top of it all day. Max here today, he's doubling down on it, trashing Mitch Trubisky earlier on in his show. I just don't understand the the full-blown hatred and how bad we think Mitch Trubisky is. And, and I'll go full disclosure here. I'm from Menor. So I grew up with the Trubiskys living in my city. When I was younger, I'm going to watch Mitch play at Menor football games, right? I'm going to JTO, and, and I'm watching Mitch compete for the Cardinals. I'm growing up. I was never close with any of his siblings, but I, I grew up, you know, right around the same age as a lot of them. Uh, there's three of them, two brothers and one sister. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling that it probably wasn't Mitch that Nick Wilson saw down in the store. It was actually, you know, one of, one of the two brothers, the younger brothers that he had with him, which would probably explain the, the lack there of facial hair because I, I, I feel like I'd find it hard to think that Mitch just shaved off his beard. I feel like he's had that going for quite a long time. So I probably imagine it was one of the other ones, and it all makes sense. I Definitely possible that it was uh, the Trubisky sitting down there, and they were side-eyeing him because, uh, as as Nick said, he was calling him a, a slap-ass quarterback. But I, I just don't understand the hate. Like, where – I'm not saying that I want Mitch to be the backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. That's not what I'm going here, but like to say he's ultimately bad is just odd to me. He like the Steelers experiment this year. We, we can kind of throw that one out the window. I have no explanation for that. He did look bad, like bad quarterback play did not look great when he was playing in Pittsburgh, Buffalo. You can kind of throw out the window. He basically didn't touch the field, but you go back to where he's playing with Matt Nagy. As his his 
head coach and drawn up the plays. And I don't think I have to speak for anybody when we say, you know, maybe probably not the guy that you want drawing up your plays. And it, it just did not look great. Like he had playoff success. Now he's 0-2, but he threw for 500 yards or so and, and two touchdowns with no picks or three times. It's one of those. But, like, he had a successful playoff run. And if we're thinking about, you know, he's 0-2, well, he probably shouldn't be 0-2 because you go back, it was, the, I think, the double joint that kept him out the first time from winning a playoff game where he throws for over 300 yards, doesn't throw a pick, has his team set up to win, and then Cody Parkey decides to somehow hit, you know, post and crossbar and double up on him. And then in 2020, I know it's kind of a meme, but the guy walks out as the the MVP, the Nickelodeon's most valuable player. Like, on the losing team, there, there was drops problems in that game. I know vividly one of them. I don't know which receiver he was throwing to, but... Deep ball right into the end zone, hits him square in the hands, and he drops it. Like, beautiful ball by Mitch, just drops it. Do I think Mitch Trubisky is, like, a top 15 quarterback in the NFL? No. Do I think he's a top 32 quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. But I also don't think you can just throw around the fact that, like, yeah, no, I I don't want him here because he's not a good enough quarterback. I don't want Mitch to come back to Cleveland because I don't see it as a fit. It doesn't seem like something where, okay, yeah, Mitch is like, all right, let's go and, you know, sit behind Deshaun. I mean, it's great. You get to come back to the hometown. You know, you you get to settle in, play for the team that you grew up rooting for. It's all fun and games. But it's you're basically going to get out of Mitch and maybe, emphasis on maybe, at a higher level than you do out of DTR. Like, it's not going to be a guy who's going to go stretch the ball down the field. He's not going to air it out. He's not going to be the next Joe Flacco. He's going to come in, drop your short passes, and contrary to DTR, he might turn the ball over a little bit more. And you already have DTR sitting right there on a rookie contract where you're basically paying him nothing. Not that Mitch Trubisky is going to cost $100 million, but you're going to have to pay him more than you are your rookie quarterback who hasn't proven anything. But it, it just, I struggle to wrap my mind around the fact that we're just bashing Mitch Trubisky basically to what feels like bash Mitch Trubisky. Like we're, we're just jumping back on him. Like I said, Mac jumped on him earlier today. Nick was jumping on him here. Just saying like, not good enough. I know, I think Nick's whole response came off of a take that Ken had where he was basically like, hey, Mitch should be the backup for the Browns and essentially throughout the entire segment had walked it back to like, well, he could be a training camp player. He could jump in during camp and you you could at least give him a shot to play for the team and see if he could earn his way onto the roster. But 216-474-0092, would you want Mitch Trubisky back in Cleveland serving as the backup quarterback? And that question also opens up what I think is the bigger overall debate of this whole thing. And that's, what are you doing with Dorian Thompson-Robinson? I think DTR probably good enough to to get things done at backup. I think I'd be okay rolling out with them, but I just have a high suspicion that that's not the case. 
most of these places around Cleveland. I have a feeling that a lot of you guys wouldn't want to keep rolling out DTR to back up Deshaun Watson. And maybe you guys have a point, but maybe you don't. Like, are any of these guys out there going to be really that much better than DTR? I'm not sure that that I'm going with Mitch over him. Again, I, I think Mitch had playoff success. I think he's actually underrated as a quarterback. And, and maybe that's the better bias showing through, but I really don't think so. I, I think he's better than what it appears right now. That Steelers fit was also kind of awkward. Like, you just had no good quarterback play there. The weapons are kind of, eh. Like, I really like George Pickens. Your running back duo, pretty good. Like, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. I would put that as a like pretty good running back duo, like Deontay Johnson. I mean, I saw something I think earlier today saying that the Steelers might use him as like sort of like trade bait, like just see what they can get for him because he's still young. He still kind of has value, probably more so than he does sitting around in Pittsburgh. But most of my value for Mitch Trubisky is going back to those Chicago days where, sure, he didn't look amazing. But we also see Justin Fields not looking that great. And I think the Bears are struggling, even though under two different head coaches, two different offenses, you're sitting kind of, you know, one of them's Mitch Trubisky, the other one's Justin Fields, different quarterbacks. But it's the same situation of we're not going to let these guys really air the ball out downfield. We're going to... Keep these passes short. We're going to attack the run game, even though we really don't have a star running back. And hopefully things open up and our wide receivers make a play, which you saw a little bit this year. You saw a little bit with DJ Moore for the Bears, but you definitely didn't have DJ Moore sitting around when Mitch Trubisky was there. I don't think I would bring him to the Browns. But that's not to say there's not anybody else out there that I think would serve as a better backup. But with money, everything considered, situations, I'm okay rolling Dorian Thompson-Robinson out as my backup quarterback for 2024 behind Deshaun Watson. Given the injury, given everything, I'm fine doing that. Maybe that's a bit of a hot take. A lot of you want Flacco back. A lot of you probably want somebody else, a veteran in that room, to go around just in case Deshaun can't play. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson's good enough to get you there. So that's what I want to pose to you guys. Would you be mad if the Browns brought back and rolled out Dorian Thompson-Robinson as their backup quarterback? He'll be here whether they need to drop him down to practice squad or carry three quarterbacks, he'll be here. But would you be okay as him being the running back? 216-474-0092 on Twitter, at Jake Vol. We'll get to that when we come back right here, 92 through the fan. Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin discuss the latest news surrounding Cleveland Brown Stadium and try to answer the question, is there a dome in the future for Northeast Ohio? During the new episode of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, subscribe now at 923thefan.com or on the Odyssey app.
We were talking about backup quarterback situations. Nick Wilson, Mac Robinson, separate scenarios. Kind of ripping on Mitch Trubisky. Mac texted me during the break, called me a homer. I really don't think it's me being a homer. I'm not saying that he's an amazing quarterback. I'm just saying I think he's better than he gets credit for. But maybe it is. Maybe it is me being a homer. But where I went to at the end of the segment was P.J. Walker, excuse me, not P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson-Robinson as your backup quarterback in Cleveland. Not so bad. I actually think that's where I want to be for 2024. I want to be with Dorian Thompson-Robinson behind Deshaun Watson for the entirety of the season. We're going to get into P.J. Walker, but want to tell you that this segment is brought to you by Slater and Zers, experience you need, results you want. Where else are the Browns going to go? A lot of people saying Joe Flacco. It's, it's the obvious, throw him out there, that's who I want. You know, he was here last year, he tore things up, that, that's right where you need to be. I don't think Joe Flacco's rolling back around into Cleveland knowing that no matter how he played last year, even if Deshaun wasn't somehow ready to go to start the year, that if he got the job, he could go 4-0 to start and Deshaun would still walk in and take his job. He could be playing out of his mind. He could have you know, 12 touchdowns, no picks after four games. And he's still getting benched for Deshaun Watson. I I don't think he wants to play where he's the number two guy. And that without an injury, there's no chance you're the number one guy. I think there's more availability to him, more options, where he can go out, sign with the team, maybe not even as a starter. I don't know that he played well enough, especially down the stretch in that wild card game, to say that, yeah, I'm... You know, solidifying myself as a starter at 39 years old. It was a hell of a season. I don't think you get there. So I do think that you get an opportunity where, and I I don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh, but a situation like Pittsburgh, right? You're, You're probably looking for a veteran quarterback to come in and provide a little bit of competition. Mason Rudolph's there. Kenny Pickett. You want somebody to push, most likely Pickett, but maybe... It's Mason Rudolph. Maybe that's a guy that you want to, you know, put a jump start into. Maybe that's a guy that you want to try to, you know, fire up. I don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh, but I think there's a chance that it's somewhere else in a similar scenario that you see Joe Flacco go. He doesn't get that chance in Cleveland. I don't think he's coming back. I'm going to ask you, are you happy with Dorian Thompson-Robinson as your backup quarterback? 216-474-0092 or on Twitter at Jake Vole. But just looking at some of the other names, Jacoby Brissett, for instance. Jacoby Brissett is not somebody that I want to bring back to Cleveland. I think the Cleveland of City, the city of Cleveland of City. I get paid to do this. That's crazy. Not necessarily just this, but I, I get paid to talk. That's that's a great one on me. Uh, the city of Cleveland, I think, is misremembering the stint that Jacoby Brissett had. Jacoby Brissett was okay. He wasn't great. Like, as a starter, filling in for Deshaun Watson, he was okay. 
they were sub-500 when Deshaun takes over the team from Brissett. And while the defense wasn't great to help him out like it would be right now, or at least we hope it would be, it was still, you get into late scenarios, right, where a good defense but some lackluster offense might put you there into a late scenario where you have to go down the field and score. That's where it felt like Jacoby Brissett just couldn't get it done. He would try to, you know, play the the game manager quarterback the entire game, but then once it it came to the point where he's kind of had to air it out, it was almost guaranteed to be an interception at some point during the drive. He he was going to miss a guy, and it's not even a massive knock on Brissett. I I think it's probably his fatal flaws that he limits out as a bit of a game manager. But for what he is, he's fine. He's not the guy I want with my team. You saw him here. It was sub-500 play. You want somebody who's going to give you a chance in the games. So I I don't know what other names we'd be looking at for a backup quarterback. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson gives you all those opportunities. You can basically run the same offense you do with Deshaun. That was the idea of getting him in here. Did the, the first sin of that go so well? No, right? Like, the guy gets to figure out he's a starter like 15 minutes before kickoff, 30 minutes before kickoff, whatever it is. He's sitting there, and they're like, no, Deshaun's not playing. And he gets thrown out. He gets thrown to the Wolves, doesn't, you know, perform. It was against the Ravens. That game was abysmal. I think we all remember that from this season. But as the season progressed, it didn't look that bad. He was improving once you got to the time of Denver. Once you were getting into that second half of the game before he got injured, he was starting to look a little bit better. He's a guy that can scramble around and move his legs. He can, you know, pick up yards on the ground. He's also a guy who is going to complete those short passes. He's not one that's going to turn it over too much once we got past that Ravens game. It kind of settled down a little bit from there. He sort of found his way, and things started to get cleaned up. And then as he gets older, he gets more comfortable in the offense. You have to imagine the playbook starts opening up, and he's able to air it out a little bit more. But it's a backup quarterback conversation. You're not looking for a guy that's going to take over the offense, which I think is a problem. When we think like Joe Flacco, you're like, well, I want him here because, you know, if he comes in, it's you're wacko for Flacco again. You're not hoping he comes in. This is a fail-safe. You you don't want this case scenario to come about. But, like, I told you why Flacco's unreasonable. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is sitting right on your roster and has all the tools he needs to be necessary to be the backup quarterback and be successful on this offense. I don't know what other name there is to throw out there. Like Tyrod Taylor? I don't think he did anything too exceptional when we saw him around here. I don't think there was anything that was glaring like, yeah, we got to have Tyrod get him over from the Giants. He's a free agent this year. Marcus Mariota? for what you're going to pay him for being one of the probably better backup quarterbacks in the league. He's not going to get used. You're hoping you're not using him. You're not getting that much different of a product than you probably are with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The only name that I think would be even interesting is bringing in as a backup would be like Gardner Minshew. I think that one would be kind of interesting. But, again, same scenario as Joe Flacco. Why is Gardner Minshew coming here? What, what, what would be the reason that Gardner Minshew decides to pick Cleveland, of all places, to go on and play. 
It's the same scenario as Joe Flacco. Why do you want to be behind Deshaun and not have an opportunity to play when clearly he showed this year he still got it? Like He can lead a team in the right scenario and take them down to a near playoff opportunity. They should have been there. So I just don't know what other option there really is to go. I, I don't understand why everyone is so against what feels like DTR is the backup and sort of embracing your young quarterback. I get getting a vet in there. You know, you, you want the safe option. If your star quarterback is going down that you're paying $230 plus million to, there's no safe option to that. You can't just buy into that and be like, well, if he gets hurt, you know, you still got to sh- – like, things should go awry when that happens. But they don't have to. You don't have to have a guy that you're paying millions of dollars to sit back there and perfectly, you know, be the Joe Flacco. You're not going to get that again. There's nobody sitting in the free agent market other than Joe Flacco who's going to come in and light it up like he did. That was a complete outlier to the entire situation of backup quarterback. You're not going to get a guy off the couch, which is why people are saying go sign him now, but you wouldn't have had to have signed Joe Flacco. You wouldn't have had to maybe put him in. There was still the conversation being had if it was DTR, if he doesn't get hurt in that game against the Broncos. DTR started playing well. There was starting to to pick it up, you know, maybe set you in a position to win games or be close in games, and maybe you never see Joe Flacco. From what I heard in practice, you probably get to him. You probably eventually get to him. But I think we're just blinded by the recency bias when it comes to not wanting DTR there. I, I think we forget what it looked like before. It, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't amazing. But we were trending upward with a young quarterback. He was starting to figure things out. He was starting to settle in. Before we got to Joe Flacco. I, I think the entire city of Cleveland is sort of under the assumption that your backup quarterback can bud into this star and can just light it up when they go in. And that's usually not the case. Joe Flacco did that on a pure whim. It's never going to be like that probably ever again. Unless you're going out and getting a young guy like DTR, who clearly he didn't burst onto the scene the way that we thought he might have after the preseason. But unless you want to go draft another one, you're probably not getting a stub like that to come out of free agency. These are kind of known commodities. You know what you're getting. Your biggest X factor that you have is sitting right there on your roster serving as your backup quarterback right now in DTR. I just don't understand maybe why people are so against it. Logan Petoskey, voice of the Lake County captains and writer for Cleveland Baseball Insider, joining us at 5 o'clock. We're going to get things going for... The MLB season, Guardian season, starting soon this weekend. First spring training games underway. Want to make sure we get uh, Logan's insight into the current Guardians and maybe a Guardian or two to be this season. So we'll do that. And we'll close out the show. Maybe a sport that I just never talk about. A sport that I never thought I'd be coming on here and bringing to a segment. Might be the show we wrap it up, but it's Logan Petoskey of the Lake County Captains, Cleveland Baseball Insider. He'll be joining us next right here on 92.3 The Fan.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.